to another episode of the home and body improvement show i know we talked about doing our lightning round part three but we didn't get to it this time sorry about that i guess you'll have to come back next week and hear what we're going to say for what i promise to be part three of the lightning round questions however this episode ross is back we end up talking about his vacation we talk about home automation we also talk about long distance running if you haven't yet go to coachpods.com sign up for the newsletter if you have i cannot thank you enough leave us a five-star review tell all your friends tell everybody believe me we want to hear from you and if you want to have a question on the home and body improvement show just hit me up at andy at coachpods.com without further ado ladies and gentlemen home and body improvement show you mean that ross is it good to hear from me no it never is oh ross that's lousy ross. what do you want are you still doing this podcast am yeah. i still doing this is this I- happening right now I guess. It's not because I want to. It's because I have nothing better to do. Oh. You can always uh, reorganize your refrigerator. (laughs) Is that what you do? Like when life's not working out the way you'd hoped, you just open up that door and start going to town, right? We got to get rid of the old condiments. You're like, what? I never use the... um, the, yeah, the old condiments, but I never use that bin. And I know it's good. It's crisper. It's supposed to keep vegetables. Uh, that's supposed to last longer, man. But I always forget stuff's in there. And then by the time I remember, it's just completely expired, usually turned to dust, if not some disgusting whatever. And I have to clean the whole thing out. So I just stopped using it. I don't use that bin at the bottom anymore. But you know what? It does feel good when you buy something for that, and then you're like, I'm going to use this, and you never do. I think that's the, the idea, right? Like, uh, you know, it's here now, so um, let's go ahead and use it, but that's not quite what, what happens. Hey, um, what, what, are you, what have you been doing? What, do you, what have you been doing? For the last few weeks, I've been uh, on a family vacation, two weeks out in Michigan uh, with my uh, sister's family and my brother's family and the grandparents so it's been a nice little uh, family time i got everybody involved in creating their own pinewood derby uh car uh each individual got a car so that's a total of 11 people got their own little pinewood derby car and they got to create their own car and did you have a race did you win what happened it ended up uh, my car that I created was the Clark Griswold National Lampoon's Family Vacation mm-hmm. car, and uh, I kind of souped it up to have dual exhaust pipes on the left and right side. Very adamant about the detail of how it looks because it has to look like, you know, the Griswold's car, and it looked awesome. And uh, put some nice little uh, nails, tack nails on top with some other, you know, three-inch nails to make it look like it's got a roof rack. And um, I got to race my brother, who also had a vintage uh, Ford Bronco for his. And my father uh, created a nice uh, vintage Hummer. Uh, So that was that. But uh, against the others, the kids made their own kind of sports cars with, you know, uh, nice little gull wings on the back. And my sister-in-law, my sister had the kids create their own car. And my mother had uh, made her own car that looked like a slipper. So okay, was, yeah, but this this didn't and, last a week. That, I mean, that lasted a couple of days, right? What have you been doing, man? It's been a long no, time. For, I'll be honest. We, you know, when I was on the vacation, 
you know, for the first, that was like probably the week and a half we got to work on a car. So that was really fun. Teaching young kids how to work with an oscillator was uh, exciting, but also time consuming and had a great experience working with them, just teaching them how to have some patience, but also not to rush through, uh, you know, trying to cut something. So they had a great time. Patience. That's something uh, maybe you could teach me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm offering a class. It's online. First monthly installment is $20. That's nineteen ninety five. Uh, with a little text, I can give you a promo code too, and I can offer it as $19.50. So you're saving yeah. yourself some money. Sounds reasonable. Hey, did I send you the questions that we're supposed to answer today? Pop them to me. What do you got? Let's go. Wait, we'll so you just, you just want to go by the seat of your pants, Ross? I, I, I don't I'm in, know. Andy. Well, what's, been, what's been on your mind for the last two weeks since you've been missing my beautiful voice? Wow. And I've been wondering about this project at your house. I don't see postings on the Facebook or the Insta. And it I'm is, thinking, have you just installed you know, a fireman's pole in your house? What is going on? Andy? I don't know, man. I, uh, I forget where I left you. It's been so long. Uh, I do remember I installed ceiling fans. I don't know if we talked about that. Uh, You're debating about it. The project was a success. I now have three ceiling fans in my apartment. They all work. I did not. I only electrocuted myself once. And okay. Yeah, I, which I think is reasonable. You know, three fans, one electrocution. That's not too bad. And uh, it took. It took. I wouldn't say it's 100 percent yet, but my finger still feels a little numb. But it, it's coming back. I'd say it's about 98 percent. That's good. I mean, it's a good shock. You know, it's a good shock. But it didn't you know. quite hurt as much as I thought it would when I first did it. And then uh, afterward, I was like, I think I just electrocuted myself. And then after that, it like my finger just didn't feel right. <laughs> you know? Oh, shit. Yeah. And so it's like this numb feeling where I'm kind of like trying to massage that area now, hoping that the feeling actually comes back. And I would say it's about 98% there. So. Uh, here's the deal. I turned like this. That's the one thing that like when you talk about like electricity or anything like everyone's like, well, you're going to electrocute yourself. And you're like, well, I'm not a stupid idiot. OK, I know how to turn a breaker box off. I mean, I know how to do that. Right. Which is what right. I did. And everything was fine. And of course, I had to test it on. So I had to flip the thing back on, you know, flip the switch. Fan was working. I was very excited about it. But rather than go back to the box and turn it off again before I put it back in the socket and screw the, the cover on, I was like, yeah, it should be fine. And uh, it wasn't. I touched the wire and all of a sudden, you, you know, you just it's just it's not like the cartoons where you're like all the hair in your head stands up straight. And then like you see this bolt of lightning take over your entire body and you can visibly see the bones like it was an x-ray or something. It wasn't yeah. quite like that. It almost felt like someone had put my finger in a vice for approximately 0.5 seconds. And then all of a sudden I was like, ah, whoa, I think I just I think I just electrocuted myself. And it wasn't until like I really I lost the feeling in that area that I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. So it was a dumb move on my part. Turn the electric box off the second there time. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's a best friend. You know, if you have a best friend and he's like, you know, in a little extra safety, always smart. Always yeah. going to save you. But the process itself wasn't as bad. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what a ground wire is for. So I ran the ground wire back to the socket on the first fan and then the other two fans, I ran the, the ground wire is it like back to the, the main circuit. But the gentleman who inspected my wiring actually said that, no, you just need to attach the ground box to the electrical box. You don't have to run it all the way back. And so that yeah. was an eye opener for me. 
Um, but you know, in terms of like, there were there was a white cord, there was a black I'm a cord, there was a white uh, wire and a black wire. One was power, one was a relay. It you know to to twist them and throw the cap on, throw a little bit of tape on top of that was no problem. And uh, it really is something that after you watch several tutorials and practice, I had three fans. I actually en ended up installing both of them twice because the down rod was not the right size on any of them. And uh, one thing I put on reverse, I had to take the whole thing apart again. So I in essentially installed six fans. And by the time you get to your sixth fan, you get pretty good at it. So um, I like to think I'm pretty much an expert right now. That's a good feeling. That's a great feeling. Yeah. And you see the finished results and the product looks awesome. And I have um, I have very little footage of that. I did install some electric uh, roller shades too that are hooked up to my Alexa. And so uh, at some point I will somehow put it on video and put it out there and answer questions about it because it's cool, man. It's I don't have to crawl over the couch in order to pull that string to lower the shade. The problem I was having is in the in the uh, evening time, like right now, the sun just beams through my windows and it hits my couch and I don't want the couch to fade. So essentially every day at like three o'clock, I'd have to drop those shades. But to get to those shades, they were kind of in a back corner and you had to crawl over the couch, blah, blah, blah. Now I don't. I could do a remote or I could just tell Alexa to do it and it works fine. So do you have an extension cord like, you know, connected to these, uh, you know, to these, to your blinds? No, they are battery behind? operated. Uh, it says you get over 600 rolls, you know, like up and down. Uh, it's, it said essentially every two months you might have to recharge the battery. But you throw the cord in there, you let it run for a couple hours, you're good for about two months. And So they're powered by a cord. They're charged, and a rechargeable battery with a cord for the, these blinds. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And they wow. were not expensive in comparison to what's out there. Uh, answer this for me, Ross. We're talking about like roller shades, electric. Uh, I think the width was right around 52, maybe 56 inches. Uh, I got a six foot, I think 72 inch long. Uh, how much do you think each roll was? For those blinds, you're, you're paying for They're that. They're shades, yeah. Did you buy a bulk pack or no, individual? No, no discount for bulk. You can get one or you can get plenty. Individually, I think you paid, um, my mind says 120. I'll get out of here, dude. Well, first of all, it's stupid. You can't even find like fabric that costs that much. Can you find a blind, let alone a shade for 120 bucks? Let alone an well, electric ones that's custom fit. Now you're just being goof. You know, are you a professional? What do you what do you do for a living, man? This is ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You're blown out of proportion, you idiot. Now, if you buy some blinds, I know aluminum blinds from Home Depot go probably for about thirty five dollars. Blind. Right I'm talking roller shades that are electric. Well, I didn't know they were roller shades. Well, what do you think they? How do you think they get down? Well, I'm used to shades, like everybody has. You know. They were about two. They were a little over to about two twenty a piece. They had to come from China. It said it was going to take two months to get here. It ended up taking like three weeks, which I thought was reasonable. Uh, they were cut to size. Uh, they're pretty easy to install. And now they're on a remote control. It, they're not perfect. Like sometimes like two out of the three rolled on, I got to press the button again. Because uh, right now, since it's hooked up to uh, Alexa, it's all on a timer now. And uh, I had to buy a hub, which was another $100. But they're electric shades, man. And they're not like compared to what like other shades, roller shades, motorized roller shades, which I think start about three, four hundred dollars I thought they're reasonably priced and they do their job. So uh, very wow. exciting. From three to three to four hundred dollars for electronic electronic shades, it's pretty amazing. And you, but you had to buy this hub thing. Is that the like 
the little channel, the guide that connects to these things. Oh, my friend who's not familiar with home automation. Um, the thing is about like, uh, um, oh my goodness, hold on one second. Well, like, I know it's a huge market and you're the guy who's kind of getting more into home automation yes. compared to me. I'm very traditional. I'm very, you know, shoelaces. You know, it's okay. Here, let me let me just try and you know? uh, let me try and explain this to you, and then maybe we could circle through some. Of we have, you know, what? Are we doing lightning round? Or are we just going to talk about our last two? Let's talk about our last two weeks today, and then we will hit the lightning round questions tomorrow. I will send those out to you. You can prepare because anytime I ask you something without any preparation, it just sounds like like a mad scientist trying to work through an equation. Most of it doesn't make any sense. It's like cycle babble to the nth degree. And I don't feel like dealing with it today because I'm sitting in a hot room where the sun is beaming in and I'm sweating bullets just so I can report this, record this podcast because I want to maintain a weekly. Oh, look at that. Screw this up too. Um, what? Just because. What? Yeah. What? Uh, just because I want to maintain some integrity when it comes to putting together podcasts. I just that you should turn your ceiling fans if you're, you're burning up hot in your apartment. Well, Are they on? I don't, yeah, no, I don't have the ceiling fans in the office. There's no nowhere to attach them. Low ceilings. Low ceilings in that room. Uh, Andy, I'm just saying this. If you have one of those, you know, two by two little, you know, sitting fans, those little white ones that you took at college, you can put that right in your office and have that blown on you. Then oh. you're cool. Yeah, should I have a blow into the mic so then the fans can hear our our many fans can hear a fan in the background interfere with the audio that we're trying to record? You're it's such raw, a it's you, rugged, it's authentic. I you are it. such an amateur, man. And I'll be honest, man, I wasn't even that hot until you started talking and I could just feel my blood pressure rise. I could feel my veins narrowing. I could just feel my heart start pumping, palpitating. I'm probably gonna need medication. You know what, Ross? Let's just move on. So I did go for a uh, no. I'm I'm very excited about the home improvements I've made. Uh, I'm excited about your little soapbox derby you had too. I'm sure it was really amazing. And uh, I'm glad you're back, man. It's like. It's like having like a, um, it's like like a mole, you know, and then eventually getting it removed, and then after a while missing the mole, you know. That's kind of like how I would describe our relationship for these last two weeks. Like the mole so has been gone. I'm like mold. Not mold, a mole. Like oh, a mole. Yeah. Oh. Well, coming from you, that sounds insulting. <laughs> I did know a guy that had a huge mole on his face, and he finally got it removed. And it was almost like a anticlimactic thing. You'd think it'd be happy. Oh, hey, man, hey, look, your face doesn't have a mole on it anymore. But now it's like there's nothing to make fun of. We used to like, you know, we'd ask him a question, be like, "I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your mole." Like there was like jokes like that. That you know. Oh my god. Yeah. But I uh, can't do that anymore. No mole. You know. No more mole. Yeah. And then he became a successful businessman, and he then became your next door neighbor. Ross, I went for a 10-mile run yesterday. <laughs> Can you believe that? 10-mile run. Good for you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was uh, – let me tell you the first step to, to running 10 miles. First step is get a good pair of shoes. I don't think that could be emphasized enough. And when I say a good pair of shoes, I don't mean go out and buy the most expensive pair. I think the pair I bought was right around 40 50 bucks. I always look for like last year's model. And since okay. most like you know stores aren't open these days and there aren't people really helping you with shoes and stuff, although I think you can – it's it's weird. It, uh, you know, in Chicago, I don't know how it's it is in the burbs, but like for instance, I tried to go to a Best Buy yesterday, and they wouldn't let you in. They're like, you can order it online. We'll put it in your car, but you cannot walk into the store. But I went to Indiana, 
and you could walk in and it was no problem. And I also went to Dick's Sporting Goods. So maybe you can go buy shoes in store these days, but uh, nonetheless, I ordered these on Amazon. You know, I'm, I'm size 11, so I didn't even want to mess with like, you know, do these shoes run big? I just figured, give me a pair of shoes for 40, 50 bucks, thick heel, made for running, read some of the reviews, make sure they're not extra wide, make sure they're not extra garbage that they don't fall apart on you in two, three weeks. And um, I, so I bought a decent pair of shoes for 40, 50 bucks, not flashy, not anything. And that is probably the biggest difference because the shoes I had up until then, uh, I've been running on for about maybe a year or so. And it's usually a pretty good rule of thumb that you want to switch your shoes out every two to 300 miles, you know, four to 500 miles if you're just using them for um, four to 500 miles, if you really aren't going like long distances and stuff. Uh, but I think every two to 300 is a pretty good rule of thumb and uh, or every six months or so depending on how you use them now if you're just using them for running obviously they're going to last longer but if you're using mm -hmm. them to work out or walk around do all that type of stuff switch your shoes out often spend 40 50 bucks you know don't get the 30 dollars ones don't get the 80 dollars ones get somewhere in between uh big difference maker so honestly because they are newer shoes i've run on them several times but not a couple many 10 mile run yesterday my feet feel fine which is huge you know mm. how are your knees Swollen. <laughs> Swollen. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a pretty macho guy, and I always like to say my mantra is, uh, for myself, I always tell people stretching is for losers, and uh, that's not true at all. So if you're if you're actually thinking about how can I do stuff to prevent soreness, um, you know, help improve the longevity of my body, the elasticity, all that type of stuff, definitely want to stretch. But if you want to sound macho and stupid, tell people what I tell them, and I just say stretching's for losers. Uh, I did not do any stretching prior to the run. I did not do any stretching afterward. I don't think that contributed to the swelling, but um, my knees definitely felt swollen approximately an hour afterward. What does help with that though is Advil. And uh, after about two or three hours of my knees just kind of throbbing, I was like, eh, I think I'm going to pop some Advil. I did that. I think that helped a little bit with the swelling. But my ankles and knees were definitely swollen after the run. Wow. Wow. I'm glad you did that. Did you take any breaks in between or did you no. straight 10 mile? Straight 10 mile. About mile six, I got caught in the rain. Uh, I, okay. called it, I called it my Lieutenant Dan moment. If you remember that part in Forrest Gump when he's on the boat and he's like kind of hoisted up there and he's yelling at God and he's saying, it's you and it's me. And like, you know, Forrest is trying to steer the ship and all that stuff. That, that was, it was very, very similar to what I was going through. I literally, and I don't recommend this either. I was running through the, the rain, which was coming in sideways at some times. There was some uh -huh. lightning, there was some thunder. I just kept going. The crazy thing about it was I wasn't the only idiot out there. There was actually, I saw about three or four people still running even though it was raining uh, all the bikers were pulled off to the side but um the, the rain didn't really affect my splits too much i hit a uh i don't mind sharing this with you i hit about an 8 30 pace uh for 8 30 who am i kidding uh no i did i hit about an 8 30 pace for each mile and then right around nice. mile nine things kind of fell apart a little bit so not where i was back in the day i remember running the soldier field 10 mile race right around a i think it was a 113 um, yeah. I was a lot closer to seven minute miles at that point in my life and uh, I'm definitely not there now but the fact that I did 10 miles without stopping and a relatively brand new pair of shoes and second to that if you want to talk about like longevity for going on those um, those runs it's not a joke man have runner shorts those little skimpy mm -hmm. ones that kind of ride up your crotch uh, they make I wouldn't use them to lift weights because there's always that chance where one of your you know testicles when might flop out. out yeah and you just you don't want to be that guy right um but when you're running it's it's just less friction 
And uh, anytime I've run with baggy shorts for a long distance, I always get chafing. Uh, it's another thing you have to deal with. It's a pain in the neck. Uh, I don't feel like putting on Vaseline every time I go out for a run. Uh, but two things. Do not wear a ribbed T-shirt. I've made that mistake before. It will rub your nipples raw. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. And wear those skimpy, get some runner shorts, you know. They usually have, like, the underwear, like, built in. Although I'll typically wear underwear underneath that as well. But it kind of holds everything tight and uh, less friction. You know, decent running shoes. But again, it's not a fashion contest. I usually wear a tank top. I usually pull my tank top off about halfway through the run, which is exactly what happened this time. Uh, you know, I didn't even check. I felt so good that I wasn't even checking my watch every mile. I was checking about every two miles. And I managed it. My goal is to go sub nines. I did 830s. I was pretty happy with that. So are you a runner at all, Ross? Uh... You know, except when you're running away from your past, from all the indiscretions you've done and the people that have kind of looked at you and said, uh, no, like in the past I was running, you know, the highest I ran up to was like 13 miles. Um, and that was, I don't know my time on that, but that was back in like 2004. Um, so you get it. I don't think you run over five miles without getting what it's right to run a distance. You know what I mean? I like distance better, you know, but I like take my time. Um, but at that time, it was just like, I remember this was, you know, it was so long ago, but I remember at 13, me and my buddy were trying to train for the Chicago Marathon. And I thought, let me see how, how much we can get up to. And I just remember at one point I got up to 13. It was good. But I just remember when you get to that mark, it's just like it gets into another zone for what I remember being like a distance running. And um, I know that exp- I know that feeling. And will I ever revisit it? Maybe, you know, um, but I like to kind of keep things local, you know, not too running too much. I'm always cautious about my knees because I'm always on my knees doing remodeling work. And, I hear you. Uh, but you wear knee pads, there, don't you? I got knee pads, but I'm just, I don't know, at some point like. And over the cartilage, I understand. It's just sometimes when you're staining so much and you're moving back and forth. I've had days, you know, like a couple handful of days of just where I, um, I just don't want to move. I don't want to move from one spot to the next spot just because of I've been moving so much in one in one place. So and they, that can get annoying when someone's in the kitchen, you're cooking and you need, you know, you don't you're next to the dishwasher, but you really don't want to move because it's just your knees hurt. You know, I, I, I do know what you mean. Moving. Yeah, no, it, it's um, that was a thing, too. Like, I've you know, I've lifted, you know, I don't want to tell you how old I am, about 40, let's just say. And uh, I've been lifting consistently since I was about 12, 13 years old. I remember right before I turned a teenager, I was already lifting, right? So I, I, But the thing was, when it came to squatting, it wasn't until I started doing CrossFit and stuff that we even really went below 90 degrees. You know, they would say, like, you know, femur parallel to the ground. But, you know, they were like, well, don't go past 90 degrees. It's going to hurt your knee. So, like, but it was, but, like, in CrossFit world, it was just like, no, 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 you go in the hole, which is hip crease below knee, right? So I've been... A, a quote unquote deep squatting because you know that's one of the things that you kind of have to do if you're doing any Olympic lift and uh-huh. um, I mean that's that's a lot of wear and tear on the joints you know just by increasing the range of motion uh, it wasn't like I never really needed knee pads before occasionally I wear the knee pads now I shouldn't say pads I should say uh, the sleeves um, and it, yeah I mean after doing that for long periods of time meaning like you know over the course of several years of deep squatting with uh, relatively heavy weight it can definitely 
uh, you know, tear on the cartilage, tear on the knees. I mean, your knees, they're, they're meant to bend, but they're not meant to like bend under extreme loads, you know, deepest, right. you know, range of motion possible. The thing about running though, is I don't think it's, it's not the actual knee bend, you know, cause I find, especially when I do distance running, I'm not really picking up my knees too, too much. I don't, I don't think I have the best form in the world, but I know I don't bend my knees that much. It's just the constant impact, you know, and it kind of works its way up from your ankles to your knees to eventually your hips. And so for me, it's like having a better pair of shoes, you know, trying to run on the ball of the foot for like the first half mile or so, or not always continually slamming my heel into the ground every time I run, trying to run with a little more rhythmic motion just to try to reduce yeah. the impact, man. Because, yeah, after a while, man, when those knees are gone, they're gone. And um, I don't know many, very many people who've been lifting and running for long periods of time that don't need some sort of replacement, you know, and I don't, I don't want to go down that road. I really don't. I feel fortunate. I, You know what? I ran 10 miles. My knees hurt afterward. But the reason they hurt was because I ran 10 miles. You know, uh, I'm OK with that. But if I was in yeah. constant pain all the time, that's that's no bueno. Right. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing what the body can do. But that's amazing, dude. Ten miles. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no. So I was, I was happy with it. Uh, I think the rain slowed me down a little bit. I thought I would have to at some point take a break. I didn't. I just kept plowing through. Um, another thing that you may experience if you're a distance runner too, you know, is is the Jeep wave. Are you familiar with the Jeep wave? No, the Jeep. Yeah, wave. yeah. Like if you own a Jeep and you see another Jeep on the road, they always wave to each other. Mm. Motorcycles do the same thing. Some Harleys uh, won't wave. You know what? Won't wave at the little like uh, rice burners, but uh, you know, like typically motorcycles wave at each other. So this one, like this, like this inclusive club that you're part of. And sometimes runners will do it. Like yesterday on the path, I was definitely waving at people because I was feeling it. And there's very few of us out there. You know, the professionals they kind of just point, you point, or you you'll point and they nod. There's just like kind of a quick, hey, what's up? Makes you feel good about yourself. I don't go, I don't overdo it. I'm not trying to give someone a hug or a high five. I just kind of give them a what's up. You know, and just keep on going, man. It just makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's amazing um, how when you're so into bald and your task like running and you kind of get that your own personal badge, you know, and when you see somebody running, they get that. I like when you get the respect, you connect and you're like, hey, runner, like runner. I love it. I love it. They kind of do it. Don't you do that in in yoga when you guys are chanting Om? You try to match someone's cadence and tone. You go, but you try to like match the person next to you so you feel the harmony. Am I right? Always, we try to hit our chakras. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. So, but a quick thing. I think it always annoyed me when I nodded at somebody who was a runner and they just they give me the weird look. Like, what? I was like, you don't love this? You don't like this, right? Like, huh? That's why I wear sunglasses too, man. So they can't tell if you make eye contact with them or not, you know? Then now you look like Robocop with running shorts. All right with that. (laughs) All right with that. With tight shorts, sunglasses, cushy shoes, and a tank tank top. I'm all right with that. Uh, Run with a bandana too, man. You know? Not, you know, the hair's not long enough to really worry about that, but I'm telling you, it it absorbs more sweat than just my ball cap and. that makes a big difference as well. One thing I want to circle back about, because we did talk about home automation. Um, I'll give you a chance to say anything you're going to need to say, and then we, we're going to get the hell out of here. We will do the lightning round questions next week. In fact, I will send those to you as soon as we're done with this, which gives you an entire week to prepare. So I'm hoping for 
some good answers to these questions. I know, I know everyone's been sitting here waiting for part three of three of lightning round questions, but it doesn't look like we're going to get to them today. We will get to them tomorrow or next week. I promise you that. But with the home automation, there's two appliances essentially that you can buy. Um, and when I'm thinking home automation, I'm thinking everything is controlled either by an app or by Alexa, or Google Home, right? Those appliances either have the like, they either need a hub or have or require a hub um, or don't need a hub. What did I just say? It doesn't matter. The point is, uh, like my but, light bulbs. But, but, to be clear, we're trying to say this hub is going to help you out. And there is there a price range on these hubs? I'm Mr. Consumer over here. Yeah, go for like one thirty to you know two twenty. No, it's not. It's not that much. So this, I had to learn this too. But like for instance, my light bulbs don't require a hub. I screw them in. They're smart bulbs. I had to connect them to the Wi-Fi. But then once they're connected to the Wi-Fi, you don't have to ever touch them again. Uh, they run through, you know, Alexa. And every time I say that, she always like tunes up because um, I have one of those room. But um, they're and then they're on a timer. I don't have to worry about the timer. Uh, that's fine, right? Uh, the shades, for instance. They required, it's either, it's like an IR, like IF or RC, I think, or radio, maybe it's, no, it's RF. I think it's IR and RF. And those are the, there's a difference between the two because I messed that one up initially. Essentially, the IF is what your remote control is. So what you can buy is a hub that's IF that can control your TV, control your stereo, anything that, it's like a universal remote. And if you put it close to the center of the room, it can control anything within a 360 degree view that's in the room, that's within shot of what a normal remote control can do. So that's what a hub is. That hub, the R, the IR one, cost about 25 bucks. It wasn't much, it was a broad link thing, no big deal. Um, the that one the IR did not control my shades. They had to be RF, which was radio frequency. And the radio frequency, the cool thing about those, you don't have to be in the same room. So you could buy one hub, and it can control the shades in the bedroom, in the living room, in the upstairs, or whatever, as long as it's in like within like 100 feet or 200 feet. I mean, it, was, it had a pretty good range. Uh, that one cost me a hundred dollars. So and I got the I forget the name of it. Um, had a cool name too but i bought that hub to control my shades to control my fans and then i bought another hub for 25 bucks to control like my tv my receiver uh and then like my light bulbs and stuff didn't need a hub at all so that is it's it's a little confusing but once you figure it out you're like oh okay and then once you have that hub that hub that i have is also um it does the rf and with well, the IF and I keep I wish I had this written down in front of me because I sound like an idiot now. But the one that that controls the shades and the fans also is like the remote control too. So it does both of them. And then the one that was a lot cheaper only does the one, which is essentially like the remote control. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But my other question is this: Do you keep it in the same room for a way to communicate, or can you put it in your bedroom and realize this works up to twenty feet like a Bluetooth? Right. So the one that was controls the shades and the uh, fans can be in any room. It does not need to be in the room with the same device. That's the radio frequency one. The one that is like a remote control is essentially like a remote control. It not only has to be in the same room, but it has to have some sort of line of path that like a remote control would have. So but those are the cheaper ones. So I bought one for my bedroom and I bought one for my living room. And then I put them both in central locations and it can control my TV. Uh, another thing is it, it 
when it recognizes your remote control, it rem- it recognizes the buttons on it. So including like like let's say guide or up down, what yeah. okay, the OK button. And what you can do is program a sequence. So you can program hit guide, you know, move left to sleep timer, hit OK, hit right to put sleep timer up to sixty minutes, hit exit, and then once it records that sequence, all you have to do is say you know Alexa set bedroom TV for sixty minute timer, and bang, it it'll it'll go through that sequence and it'll do it. Now, it's not perfect, and there's some things that, you know, sometimes in, it, it doesn't move left, and all of a sudden it's changing the screen temperature, you know, the color, you know, it sets it for sports when I just want it on, like, a standard. But um, it can actually it actually knows the remote control and can send signals as if you were pushing the remote control yourself. It's like a universal remote with absolutely no remote just working off the signal. Does that make sense? Okay. Got yeah. that. Now I got it. I know it, it, it's cool. It's interesting, nope. you know, to, to yeah. automate your whole home. It's it's getting very Jetsons like, you know, I can ask Alexa to tell me a joke. I can uh, I have a morning routine where I just say good morning and she turns on my fish tank, turns on my kitchen lights, you know, rolls up my shades, uh, tells me the news, tells me the weather. And that all happens at once. You know, when I say good night, she turns off all I say she but like, you know, I mean, she pretty much. It's, it's like having a roommate, you know? It's awesome. Yeah. It's, and I understand she's listening to me all the time, and I understand Big Brother knows all of my information. But when I say goodnight, all the lights go off. You know, my um, the, the light by my bed turns on for 10 minutes, so after the lights go off, I can find my way to my bedroom. Um, you know, I've, whatever else is part of my nightly routine. Turns the fans off. Um, you know, it rolls the shades up, so when I wake up in the morning, it's, um, you know, they're open. Uh, so it's cool, man. I, I actually, uh, I'm really enjoying the whole automation process. I, di- I didn't even be willing to answer anybody's questions they might have in terms of home automation and stuff because it took me a while to figure it out. But I'm not an expert, but I do kind of know a thing or two, maybe a little bit more than some people who don't have any home automation. And I think this home automation stuff, I, I and there was a time where it was like, well, who's going to win? Uh, I think we're still going through that. But I mean, Google and Amazon, they're not going anywhere, right? So whether you pick Google Home or Amazon, um, I think you're going to be fine. I don't see Apple, the HomeKit. It doesn't quite have the same abilities as those two do. But uh, mm-hmm. I think if you stick with either Google or, or uh, Amazon, you're going to be okay. So price range, you, you like it. You're happy with it. Sounds yeah. like you're happy. The actual, like, like in order to get Alexa... You know, you only need a dot, and those cost you know thirty bucks, uh, and there are little speakers too. So like, you know, you could play music from the actual Alexa, or you could plug it into a bigger set of speakers and have like really really nice speakers with your little Alexa running. Right? Uh, I keep kind of like dipping down when I say Alexa because I don't want to hear me. Um, but you can also get expensive ones that have like a built-in speaker that's a little bit nicer for like a hundred bucks, or you can get one that has a screen. So you know, you could talk to somebody, or if when you ask your appointments, the actual appointments will pop up on the screen. So there are options. You can go crazy, but you don't have to go crazy expensive. So you know, if okay. you if you want an Alexa that like turns your TV on, you know, buy the hub for twenty-five bucks. You know, turns the lights on. To, you know, you can you can get that. The hub itself is only about 25, 30 bucks. You know, the Echo Dot is is a good choice in my opinion, and especially the latest generation. The speakers are really, it's a lot nicer than the one that they used to have. And, uh, you know, you can start the home automation process. But I'll tell you, man, it's addicting. Now there's um there's another thing called IFT, I-F-T-T-T, if this, then that. And, you know, like I have window sensors now. What I'm trying to do is program it so if the window sensors, if the windows open, then the air conditioning doesn't kick on because normally I have the air conditioning kick on around three o'clock, but I don't yeah. want the air conditioning to kick on if the windows are open, right? So if yeah. windows open, then don't turn on air conditioning. Makes sense, right? So there's that's how a lot of the home automation works now is this IFTTT. 
Um, okay. It's cool. I think I took over this show. I feel like I didn't no, even I need you this time. No, I think it's great. I think the audience really does need to hear those fine details and work their brain through that whole you know obstacle. But it's a good obstacle, and it, it's nice that you conquered it. But also, you know, what are the things to come, and how much you know mental exercise you have to put yourself through to kind of go through this. I'm and excited then have about nice it. Finished results. It's what you know, you're, you're getting and you're liking. It sounds I, like you're really loving it, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that. When I get excited, man, I, I, I kind of just keep going. Uh, one of the nice, you know, one the new things, too, I'm putting together essentially a garage gym. So that, I'll be talking about that project as well, trying to put together a cyclorama wall, which we can Ooh. talk about that at some point, too. But not next time. Next time, we are definitely doing lightning round questions. So just be ready. Any, right? Last question about your home automation system. Do you have Comcast or anything like that? Because my, what my father has ran into... There's, you can work Comcast and with your TV, do you have something, you get, again, if you have like a subwoofer or like a Denon, you know, like a theater system to help you get all the different sounds, subwoofer and everything, um, does that affect for everybody to turn on or do you have to put some more time into that to kind of make it all work all at once? Well, okay, okay, so I understand what you're saying and the fact that like, you know, your receiver is essentially yeah. like... That's where you plug all your appliances into that that, that want that you want to have sound for, right? Uh, and then that would connect to the speaker, so your subwoofer. I have 7.2, so I have two subwoofers and like a uh, front channel and then the side back and then even middle channel. So I have seven speakers surrounding my living room, but most people do 5.1. Uh, but not only they have five, you know, speakers and a subwoofer, right? And that's all hooked up and stuff. If, are you talking about how do you make that like home automated? What you do is buy that hub that works off the um, that works off the um, uh, the IF, and you put okay. it in the same room as your receiver, and then you can now control, you know, with a little bit of programming, you can control your receiver through Alexa. So instead of having to actually manually pick up the remote and press the button, you could say, Alexa, turn it to TV. Alexa, turn it to movie, you know, and it'll do it for you. Or you can say, Alexa, turn it off. Or you can even say, Alexa, turn it off in a half hour, and it'll set a sleep yeah. timer for you. So... Yeah, it, it, it can take some of the appliances that you already have and make them smart. I like that because, yeah. you know, again, a lot of people don't have any multiple controllers with them when they're working in television. Yeah, and you know what the thing, too, is I have a projector and my dog chewed the controller. It still kind of works, but it's run on its last, last legs. This hub yeah. actually controls the projector now, and I don't have to crawl up there and you know, run around and find it and stuff like that. I can just say, you know, and to manually turn it on, you could actually hit it with a pull cue or long stick. Uh, I don't have to do it anymore. I can just say, Alexa, you know, projector on, bang, and it, it turns the projector on. So uh, that's kind of cool. That's great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. But I'm sold, dude. That sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I got to do some videos. Actually affordable ones because knowing clients, you know, I love when they do the research and they find, you know, something that's really affordable, especially electronic blinds, you know, they come down. You know, and I, like everybody, they do want to save. A lot of people don't want to spend, you know, the 300 or higher ticket. You know, it depends on the clientele who has money to spend. But a lot of people are very concerned and like to get the idea of what they want, but also are definitely watching their wallet. So good job on your part, Andy. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I went full blown with the whole home automation. Um, you know, some of that stuff I probably didn't need to do, but it's kind of cool to have. Um, you know, some of the, the other stuff was like, I was, I kept getting this like warning from ComEd, you're spending more, you know, than your neighbors. Like every month I would get it. Uh, and so I bought one of those smart thermostats and then right off the bat, 
I would check with ComEd first or whatever your you know electrical provider is. But I actually bought the smart thermostat and then found out that it qualified for a rebate. And of course, I'm you know six weeks in, still waiting for my check. But I get a check for seventy five bucks in a month in the mail. It's coming. So. Nice. Um, yeah, and then the thing I think cost me like one twenty five or so, so it wasn't too bad. I mean, fifty dollars for a smart thermostat that I can control with Alexa, I think is a, is a pretty solid investment. And it's on a timer, and uh, it, you know, it starts to learn patterns too. It learns when you're away. Um, it learns like you know, you typically at this time of day like this setting. Would you like to make this a permanent thing? You know, and it, it does stuff like that. So those smart thermostats, I think, are a way to go. And I didn't. I bought the Echo B Light. I didn't get the one with all the fancy. Um, you know, additions to it, but Nest mm-hmm. seems to be the other popular one, but that's Google, you know, based, but I just, I don't know. I just went out be for some reason. I'm going to, my next question, I know we're going on longer this podcast, but again, I know people, you know, especially uh, women who have uh, kids and are, are pregnant too. Um, I always recommended a keyless door system for the front door and the back door to a lot of my clients, just in case if they're, they're electronic, you know, home automated, keyless fob breaks down you need a keypad and still no matter what to get into your house like for anybody's safety if you you know you put your phone to it no matter what my my conclusion i i put out there was just have buttons so whatever your code is you hit the button you get into your house your safe zone or anybody who's carrying something you just hit it instead of pulling out your phone so just in case the battery dies on the thing on your door or anything, I just remember buttons was the best way. I, I yeah, buttons. Uh, so I got a smart deadbolt as well. So I no longer lock the bottom. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be telling people this, but you know the actual door. I don't lock it anymore. I just let the deadbolt do its thing. It's set up right. on a timer, so when I close the door, it waits about you know forty five seconds to a minute, and it closes on its own. Uh, it sends me a message when it's closed. It's part of my nightly routine. When I tell Alexa good night, she automatically locks the deadbolt, even though it's usually locked anyway. Um, I, is there a smart deadbolt that you can just hold your phone up to? Yeah, I, I can't think of the company's name, but there there is a phone. I mean, like I've had a client when I was in this, living in the city. He's like, hey, you have a code that comes in to the place. Um, and all I had to do was use the app and it would let me in. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a temporary code for, you know, six hours. He's like, you'll be there for six hours, get in, get out. And that was it. And I was done. Okay. So, but it wasn't like you just held your phone up to it. You had to open the app and press a button or whatever. Yeah. It was in August, August, what I remember. Yeah. So this, I have a schlaggy, I think I'm saying that right. Dead Schley. Schley. Um, but spelled schlaggy in my defense. And I can program up to a hundred different, uh, unique codes and so, you know, I gave one to my girlfriend, my neighbor, and uh, my good buddy, right? And then I, yeah. I could also give one to my dog walker and said it, well, only, you know, this Saturday and this Sunday, you know, from these hours, are you allowed to use the code? And then let's say the guy, you know, ticks me off or doesn't do a good job with my dog, I can just erase him and then that code no longer works. So, you know, the only, you know, there's some drawbacks was like, you have to choose between six digit and four digit and I want four digit. Ooh, maybe I shouldn't be telling people that either. But um, apparently, you know, you it's either one or the other. So if you're six digits, then everyone has to use a six digit code. If it's four digits, everyone has to use a four digit code. But, um, you know, I, whatever, man, I, it's, 
I, 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 it's awesome. I, I like it in the fact that like I, I have some peace of mind. I don't have to worry about, you know, did I lock my door? I mean, I know for a fact it's going to be locked because not only is it sent on a timer, but it sends me a message every time it does. Another thing, too, is it's like if I'm away and somebody opens my door, I get a message. And if it's a person that has a program code, uh, it'll tell me like, Dave, open the door, you know, and it's like, OK, well, what the hell is Dave doing in my place right now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool, too. That sounds awesome. Wow, that's great. Yeah, just a little bit less stress, a little bit easier mindset. Does that work with like a, I don't know if you have an alarm system in your house or you have one of those ring doorbells? I'm imagining it, ring doorbell will have one. It totally does. In an apartment. That's the new thing for Amazon now is that, uh, it. I forget what they call it, but let's say you have an Amazon package. And I think this is mostly for people in the suburbs. Uh, what they can do is like punch in a code open your front door, put the package in there and close the door. You know, and if you have the ring cameras, you can watch the whole thing from your phone. Um, but that's the thing now is because they're having so many package thieves. Uh, it's, it sounds a little eerie to me that somebody's actually going to open their front door, but nonetheless, everything they do is recorded. So it would be kind of weird if, you know, an Amazon delivery person decided to, I don't know, ransack your place. But, um, yeah, that's that's one of the newer things too. Is it's like uh, putting your packages inside your door, so then you can have peace of mind and not have to worry about somebody stealing it from your front porch. Yeah, yeah, right. I it's, know there's a whole people stealing packages off people's front porches. There's and, a really um, funny clip on YouTube. This guy is, in my opinion, a genius. But he has these packages that are set up to where like uh, you steal them, and then there's cameras on the inside, and when you open it, it shoots off glitter. And then mm-hmm. it starts pumping that, that poo spray that smells like poo, and it has the cameras attached to it, and it's all filmed. So he found, like, you know, four or five people that are dumb enough to steal packages, and then he yeah. has the clips of them, like, taking it to their place, you know, being like, oh, man, what is this, glitter? And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, man, what is that, poo? And then, like, it, it is the one of the funnier clips I've ever seen because I think there's nothing funnier than watching people get theirs for doing wrong, you know, just like watching. He should have done mace. Screw them. Oh, Ross, not, not trying to permanently damage the person, just trying to send really pissed off. Gl- well, glitter and poo, I think, is a pretty good, strong message, you know? Nah, fuck if I pepper spray or bear spray. That will make you not want to do it again. Well, you know, that's just a difference about, you know, me and you. I, as I care for my fellow man and you want to see him suffer. So on that Only note, Ross, that steal. on that <laughs> note, it's been a pleasure, Ross. We're going to have to do it again next week. I, I think I talked most of this episode. Andy, but. thank you so much. And again, I think you'll definitely give a lot of insight to other people who are interested in home automation systems. And again, back to the results, back to hearing your voice with happy and purity, uh, sincerity, too. Again, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I like how the examples you did state. Thank you, Andy. Oh, thank you, Ross. And uh, I say we go ahead and do it again next week. What do you say? Sounds great, man. Cool. We're back on track, buddy. I'm going to let you go. All right. Talk to you soon. There you have it, folks. Another episode in the books. If you haven't yet, go to CoachPots.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Again, if you have a question for our show, hit me up at Andy at CoachPots.com. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your life. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.